I'm Bianca, and I'm Gen Z. I'm Molly, a millennial. I am Arnisha, Generation X. And I'm Micah, the Boomer. We, we are, are Day Talk. Talk. Four women, four generations, and four unique points of view. Hi, listeners. It's Day Marnisha. Um, and today we are starting a Truth About series. You know, there are a lot of things that are um, in different industries that we have our assumptions of what they are. And so we're kicking off a Truth About series today. Um, as we've talked about in the past, both Mo Micah and I are marketers. So we thought that we might kick the series off with the truth about marketing. So Dames, I just want to start with you, excluding Micah. So this is for Molly and Bianca. Can you just tell me what marketing is to you? You want me to go first? Either one, okay. it's fine. That makes sense because I probably know the least about everything. So marketing, when I think of marketing, I think of my friends who studied marketing in the business school. And whenever I saw the classes that they were taking, I was like, you are taking such a different course of study than I am. They were doing things like pitches and coming up with products that or, or they would take a product that or existed and then they had to like make it sound better and I like they would come into the writing center and I would write this paragraph about Amazon music and I was like this is such a different <laughs> thing than I'm used to but so it seems marketing seems to me like you are trying to put a um you're trying to advertise things to people kind of using human psychology and and i that's i think and like the the sort of more creative part is like really getting to think about like how you're going to um make like a product more than just a product so you're going to like apply it to a bigger part of someone's life and like make it more human so okay all right yeah Okay, Molly, what about you? I would say marketing to me is um, using storytelling or content or um, things in that of that nature um, to get people to do something. So either buy a product, sign up for a service, um, take some kind of action, but you're trying to through all different ways of communicating, you're trying to get them to, to take some specific kind of action. Okay. All right. Honestly, it's, it's, I'm going to read the definition from the American Marketing Association, but both of you had nuggets of what, of, of what marketing is. So according to the American Marketing Association, marketing is the activity set of institutions and processes for creating, communicating, delivering, and exchanging offerings that have value for customers, clients, partners, and society at large. That's a, that, that's a pretty complicated answer to me, right? Like when I read that, I was kind of like, okay, I'm, that, yeah, that sounds like a definition, but it, it, it also is pretty complex. And which is interesting because over the years, marketing has become quite complex. Um, I've been in marketing now for 34, almost 35 years. Um, and it has evolved. But one of the core things about marketing that we have to always remember is that marketing is about the consumer. 
Your marketing is always, always, always about your consumer. So my definition is that it's the discipline of understanding your consumer and motivating him or her to choose your product or service. So it's a combination of what both of you said, right? Because um, when you were when you were talking, Bianca, you talked about making advertising and using human psychology, right? The human psychology piece is really the consumer piece, really understanding your consumer. And when, when Molly was talking, Molly talked about using storytelling and content to get people to do something. Um, and that really is, again, that's motivating a person to choose your service or your product. So like I said, both of you had nuggets of, of, of what it is, but what it is, what it is not purely is, it's not just advertising. It's not just content. It's not just PR, right? It's not just promotions. And I think that when people think of marketing, they, the first thing that comes to mind is it's advertising, um, it's content, right? Just saying similar things that you both said, I, that is such a common thought. And as marketers, what we typically, especially those of us who have been traditionally trained, the first thing we think about is brand management, right? So that goes back to what you were saying to some extent, um, Bianca, when you said your friend, my, your friends were given a product and then they had to find ways to make it more appealing. At the crux of marketing is knowing your consumer extremely well and finding ways to market your product or service, to, to, to convince that consumer to buy your product or service at each place that you can reach them. That's the crux of it, but it always starts with really understanding your consumer. So when you think about marketing, there's so many different facets. If you look at it from that perspective, you think about all the things that are included, right? So it's brand management, like I mentioned, it is advertising. It is PR, right? Because those things reach consumers. It's promotions, right? It's new product innovation. It's some of the things you mentioned, Bianca. It's um, market research. It's digging in deeper to really understand what the consumer is going to do. It's digital. It's social. It is such a broad discipline. So I really wanted our listeners to understand that, you know, if you're interested in marketing, you have to dig deeper and say, what facet, what area of marketing am I truly interested in? Because it's not this one thing. It's not just advertising. It's not just content. It is a really, really broad discipline with a lot of truthfully great areas um, to learn about. Um, the other thing, besides not just, just not being advertising, the other thing I wanted to talk about with, with um, marketing is that it's not just creative either. Marketing is a very numbers-driven discipline, especially now in the digital age. It is a very numbers-driven discipline. Um, and when I say that, I'm just going to use as an example, if you, you have, every, everybody buys toothpaste. I'm gonna to use something everybody buys. Everybody buys toothpaste, right? So let's say that you work for Toms of Maine. I'm not picking one of the biggies. I'm picking one of the small ones. Let's say you work for Toms of Maine. I'm just going to talk to you about if as a, as a marketer for a company like Toms of Maine, the different things that come to play in the, um, as part of the marketing team. First and foremost, you are the manager of the brand overall. So what does that mean? That means that you're responsible for driving sales, first number, Okay, you're responsible for driving profitability, second huge number, and you're responsible for driving share. 
and your share in the market is what percentage of the market that you've identified do you own? Right? Do you sell? Do you the, the, do you um like yeah I said it right? Do you own? So if I'm Times of Maine, I'm not going to compare myself to Colgate and Crest. Right? Those are the biggies in the marketplace. They're battling it out, and they might have one or two natural toothpastes. I'm Times of Maine, so I want to go up against Kiss of, Kiss My Face toothpastes. Um, uh, oh goodness, it's, it's a, it's a, I'm drawing a blank on this. It's a doctor brand, but anyway. I'm, I have a different, I have a different um, category that I'm evaluating myself on. And as a marketer, it is my job to increase my market share. So it is extremely numbers driven. And you are looking at those numbers every time they're published. And now it's gotten to the point where if you have access, it used to be monthly and you could get weekly polls. Now the databases that you use have become so dynamic that you can pull them daily, you know, just to see, I ran this campaign, did it do anything? Let me go in and see if it's helped drive my business. So it's very, very numbers driven. It's not just about the creative. Um, but taking a step back, I also mentioned um, that when you think about that toothpaste of Toms of Maine, just to help you help really explain all of the elements that are included in marketing. All right, let's think about it. First of all, it's in a carton, right? So you have to figure out what type of carton do you want, right? What carton, what makes the most sense for my consumer? My consumer is somebody that likes natural. So should I put it inside, I'm making this up, should I put it inside of a, a, a plastic bag? No, because my consumer hates plastic, <laughs> right? Because they know that plastic takes forever, if it ever does, eventually just go away. It just does not, right? So I need something that either demonstrates that it's, I'm using something that can be recycled or I'm using recyclable materials. That's just the carton. And that starts with knowing my consumer. What do I need to say on my carton that is going to help my consumer choose my tube of toothpaste over the other one that's right next to mine, right? So that's just the carton. Now let's go into the carton and look at the tube of toothpaste, right? Uh, what, when I'm looking at the tube, what things again are triggers for my consumer? What do I say? Triclosan free? What things do I need to put on my tube that resonate with my consumer that they see as triggers, things that pop? What's the material that I'm using of my tube? Um, and, and truthfully, you consider things like, this is the tube, this is the cap. What can I do with the cap? Again, I know I'm going after a consumer that is natural-minded and cares about sustainability. That's the type of thing that you have to implement to every single thing you think about when you're a marketer for a specific product the way you talk to them, the way you communicate with them. Then let's get into the tube, the actual product itself, right? There are, it cannot have certain ingredients. I'm a natural consumer. They're absolutely cons the ingredients that it cannot have, right? It can't have artificial dyes. It can't have these things that I know are, have ingredients that have been linked to um, perhaps cancer or another illness. It can't have those ingredients in it, right? Um, the taste, even the natural consumer has preferences for taste. Colgate and Crest could probably get away with certain flavors. In the natural space, that's not going to fly because that consumer is going to say it tastes artificial, right? They're, they're a little bit more willing to sacrifice on taste to put some, to use something natural than they would be if you put something that might taste better. Because again, it's all about your consumer. 
right? And then let's take a step back. How much am I going to sell this for? right? The natural consumer is usually more willing to pay a little bit more. That's the price piece, a little bit more willing because they want something that's better for them and better for the planet. And I understand that that costs a little bit more. So I'll spend a little bit more on a tube of toothpaste than I normally would. And then you, talk, you take another step back. How do I communicate this? What is the best place? How, what's the best way for me to reach this natural consumer? And how can I be very specific in my messaging to them to ensure that when the, the next time they go into Whole Foods, the next time they go into Trader Joe's, that they look for this product. So marketing includes so many things. And you see, I didn't even mention advertising. Right? I didn't even get to that part of it. I, the marketing piece is so driven by the, your, your, your center, your core is your consumer and really just starting with how do I market my product or service to them at the very core of who they are and what they're looking for. And that starts with having a very deep understanding of them. And that comes from your social channels are fantastic ways to understand your consumers because they're very, um, you know, I, I feel like, the, anonym, the anonymity of social really gets you to look into the mindset of your consumer, right? So when you monitor your social channels, when you see how they respond to posts, when you see what they give great reviews and what they give crappy reviews, those are all things that give you insights into, um, into your consumer. Then you can do the more traditional market research, which is another facet of marketing. And that is going to the consumer and, get, and, and getting an understanding or getting the, the consumer's opinions, either through qualitative, which is very informal, you sit in a room and you chat off much like what we do, <laughs> but there's a moderator that would, you know, help to try to get some, try to get some insights from us, or quantitative, which are the big surveys that go out to usually at least 200 people to really, that you can base sound decisions on. So it is really, um, I said a lot, I know in that, in, that, in, in that time, but a big part of that was really so that our listeners could understand that marketing is just so much more than just the advertising piece or the content piece that in movies, people love the sexy advertising stuff, right? So when people are in marketing, they're usually in advertising, you know, you don't really see people doing this, the, the behind the scenes, the, the numbers piece of it, the driving your business, really understanding what works to, to, to drive your business. You don't often, you don't often see that. Um, and when it's all said and done, your numbers will make a break who you are as a product. If you're not selling, it doesn't matter. You could be the most creative. You could have the best advertising out there. You know, you can have the most beautiful packaging, all of that stuff. If it's not selling, it does not matter. And your product would be taken off the shelves. Um, so, oh, I'm sorry. sorry. No, go on. Say, what it sounds to me is like there, I, what I didn't realize until you talked about it was that marketing seems to go into a lot more of the, before you even have the product ready to be advertised. So that's, that's something I certainly didn't think about. Absolutely. It's, it's everything. I mean, I was preparing a, um, I was going to do a, a, a work, just, we, we have a career day with my um, mentor, with our mentorship program. And I was going to do a marketing session, you know, for career day. And I was just going to do it with a lip balm. Right. Because that's something, you know, that all, that's something they all, everybody uses a chapstick. I call it lip balm because I don't use chapstick, um, but I was going to just use a lip balm to explain marketing because it's something that everybody uses, but you really don't think about what goes into even a small lip balm. It's the cap, it's the tube, 
It's the label. It's the formula inside of it. It's where is it distributed? It's what does the, the, the display or the unit that you sell it in, what does that look like? It, there are so many different things that are involved in marketing. Um, it's, not this, it's not this very narrow, um, very narrow discipline. It's a very broad discipline, which is part of why I love it because you get to do so many different types of things um, within this discipline. So I wanted to just kind of, I kind of talked a lot about all of the things that marketing is, and I just want to simplify it. Um, in Marketing 101, the first thing they talk to you about is the four Ps, which I'm going to extend to the five Ps because I think we talked a little bit more about that in one of our sessions last, um, last year. So the four Ps are your product, right? Or I would say, or your service, right? Your price, your placement, like I said, that's your, your distribution and your promotion. So under promotion would come advertising, would come promotions, would come PR. So anything that helps you promote your product or service is what will come under promotion. And now I would add the fifth P that we talked about, Dames, last year, which was purpose, uh, just because of the way um, the marketplace is evolving. You know, we, we, as a brand, not for a specific product, but as a brand, you really have to... Um, think about your purpose within, within, within the marketplace. So it, at the very core of it, it really is those five things, okay? So I said a lot, do we have any questions? What are your thoughts, any feedback on that? And then I had a couple other things I wanted to go over. I would say based on um, what you're, you're describing as far as the numbers, that people tend to be very successful in, especially in the product management, brand management space, who have a uh, strong finance background, who do love numbers, who do love digging into and understanding why something is moving or not moving. And, you know, and it's those people who tend to be the chief marketing officer, right? If you're rising through the ranks, it's those people who really understand the numbers, what it means for their business and how to run a business. You're almost like a mini entrepreneur because you own that product and you have to do everything for that product and you're responsible. Um, and it, it, it's so much more than, and, and Arisha's made emphasizing than advertising. You know, so if you're a finance person that you, that you have kind of like a spark to do a little bit more than just crunch numbers all day, marketing could be a really good um, career for you. That's such a good point because you are running a business. You are. Once you get to a certain level um, in marketing, you're respond. You have product. You have P and L responsibility. You, you, you have P and L responsibility. So, you are responsible for running your brand. Is like running a business, um, and you do have to be very, very comfortable with numbers. You know, you sit in those meetings. Um, uh, usually every other month. Sometimes they're weekly, depending on the organization, and. Um, you're, that's what you're talking about. You're talking about what initiatives you have planned to drive your business. Top line, bottom line, right? Top line, how, what, what sales are you driving? Bottom line, what profitability? How is this impacting profitability? Those are constant conversations that you're having. And as marketers, you know, it's, it's the, well, I want to drive my business. I, you know, I'm excited about this. I think it's going to, but now the discussions that we're having is, okay, I want to spend this amount of money, right? Because it's always linked to a budget. I'm telling you, you have to be comfortable with numbers to do marketing. It's always linked to a budget. I want to spend this amount of money. This is what I'm trying to accomplish. This is what I expect to happen with this money that I'm, that, that I'm spending. 
And now, thanks to digital, you can test and learn quickly and adapt. So if you say, okay, I want to do this for four weeks. This is what I expect to happen within four weeks. If it doesn't happen, I'm going to stop it. If it does happen, I'm going to put more money into it and continue to drive it. You get the opportunity to do that now thanks to digital. Years ago, you couldn't do it. Broadcast, you can't do that with. You can't do that with radio. You can't do that with print. The lead times are too long. But digital, you can do that. So it is extremely, um, it is extremely numbers driven. Um, you do, to Micah's point, uh, you, you need to feel comfortable with finance. I'm saying numbers, but you need to feel comfortable with it. You're not the, you don't have to be the finance person, but you need to feel comfortable with it because you will have a lot of discussions um, with the, the numbers people, you know, in your, at your company, justifying what you're doing, you know, and then talking to them about what you expect to do for the, um, for the company overall. So it, it, it is very, um, it is very, again, I'm gonna say it again, I can't say it enough because that's one thing I think people don't realize. It is a very numbers driven discipline, very. I think it's so interesting. Um, so my experience with marketing because I've worked primarily in nonprofit organizations has always been marketing for nonprofit or organizations. So when I worked in brand marketing, we were, it was less about a specific product um, or a, um, or even a specific sales target that we were trying to do. It was around membership and awareness. And so membership, I think easily fits into like that clear, you know, you've got numbers, you've got the, your goals that you're trying to reach, you know, all of that. Um, but then awareness, which is, I think often what nonprofits are trying to do through marketing, um, whether it's of their specific mission or of their specific organization or of an event or, you know, whatever it might be some of those are really easy to attach numbers to, to do that analysis. And then others, I think I've always found it feels like they're much harder. So like, how do we measure awareness? Um, how do we measure like different aspects of our message getting out to the world? Um, so anyway, so not necessarily looking for a, a solution here, <laughs> but it's one of those things that I think is, um, has kind of been on my mind before on thinking about how we tie that in together with like trying to set what, figure out what those goals are that we're actually trying to achieve and then the things that we can actually measure and then putting that all into that kind of calculus around figuring figuring that out. Well, see, I, you have to, what's important I think in that situation is if it's awareness, it's awareness with whom, right? So it's, it, so that way you can make it something that's a little bit more tangible. So if it's, I'm trying to build awareness for, I'm looking at a calendar that has a beach and a beach in Aruba, right? So I'm, I'm gonna use that as an example. If I'm trying to build awareness of this, of this new island, this new destination, this new vacation des destination, um, and I'm just trying to build awareness, of, okay, well, with whom, right? And well, let's say that I want to appeal to the, the top 1% because everything on this in this island is going to be extremely expensive and I want it to be this exclusive location. Then it becomes a matter of really understanding your consumer, right? And then how many of them are there, right? How many of them do I want to reach? So you have in, when, even when you take a step back, Molly, you have in your mind, like you want to build awareness, but reaching one of them is not enough right? Reaching two of them is not enough. But if you say, I need to, this is the target that I'm going after. This is my constituent base. There are a million five of them, right? There are a million five of these exclusive people that I want to invite to this, invite to my island. 
okay, within that a million five, what percentage of them do I want to reach? Okay, if I reach 5% of them, I'll be happy. Then you can take a step back and say, all right, well, I got to build a plan to reach 5% and then you can measure it. I so, want to go work for this nonprofit that we're raising awareness of a, a private beach in Aruba. That sounds great. <laughs> I, I know. I, I used know that as an example. example but, the, but the thinking was that really, no, you want to build awareness with someone. So it's who is it that you want to build that awareness with? And how do you quantify that audience? And then once you quantify that audience, say, what percentage of them do I really want to reach? And that's how you start to address your awareness, your awareness question. But see, I think even going, what happens in nonprofits is they generally don't have the, they generally, they do not have the budget right. that a big business has. Because to, to uh, measure awareness, most companies do a survey of some kind, yeah. they do research to get a baseline of where you are. So then you know if you are actually moving the needle, because then you do another baseline. You know, depending on the time frame difference, you give yourself, you know, within the year or six months or however, and then you can, you can say last year, we knew from these people that we asked about our product, 20% knew about it. A year later, after all the work we did, we surveyed those same people and now 35% know about it. But nonprofits don't have the budget to be able to do that baseline research and testing that that's where it becomes you 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 look for other tools and measurements to, to give you that you know like acknowledgement that you're you are moving the needle so. i you know I, I i understand i guess i misunderstood molly's question i thought it was more of a how do you um determine awareness when when it, it's something that's more broad or more general but there are ways to still get at awareness um without spend, investing in a huge study you know there are uh there are market research organizations, I'm thinking from a product perspective, not nonprofit. I'm, I gotta believe they have it in nonprofit as well, where they just do reads. They just do scans of the, you know, they, they just do reads of the population. They do them maybe like once every six months and they just ask very, very top line questions about awareness of different things. And you can use that and you can buy that data and it's nothing because it doesn't really cost a lot because it's a part of a huge study. It's not personalized. You just want your part so that you can read it again, you know, over time. So I, I would I would say that that might be something you might want to explore because those organizations absolutely exist and they publish documents and they don't charge you a lot to really understand what's happening with your awareness from a very top line perspective yeah that's interesting yeah i think because the other part of of um i've also worked with a lot of folks in various nonprofit organizations whether those where i'm actually working or in other spaces where marketing is kind of a dirty word uh and people don't like to think of the work that we're doing as marketing but they might call it something else education and awareness mm. outreach community engagement usually has a lot of other things involved in there, but marketing is such a, a is actually a, such a critical part of all of those things. And so figuring out whether it's a, whether if you're calling it education and awareness, you're still trying to drive action or drive awareness or drive, you know, whatever those, those metrics are that to me in my mind and kind of what you were just saying, it feels like it's a marketing metric um, and being able to measure those or maybe uh, a little not impossible as you were just saying there are ways to do it it's just kind of thinking creatively on like how to do it especially on a tight budget as Micah mentioned and and just those different those different ways of thinking about those those outcomes that we're looking for 
you know, another way, another interesting way to see if you've been successful aside from, um, aside like you're, I know the goal is obviously to build awareness, but whatever your call to action is, see if you, if, if you're successful there, right? Because you had, you essentially, you had to have built the awareness in order to get the result, right? So if your call to action is, click here to learn more about this organization. I'm just making that up, right? And you, you drive people to a very specific place. If you see a lift there, then you know that you, you've, done, you, you've done your job. You, you haven't, you can't take a step and say, all right, it was completely successful, but if you see that your baseline is this and you're driving a lift, then clearly your efforts are working. You know, without having a true pure awareness number, mm -hmm. if people are doing what you've asked them to do, they clearly, clearly have seen your, your message and they're acting on it. So you can look at it from that perspective as well. Great idea, great suggestion. Yeah. Um, the other, the last thing I really wanted us to say is we're all marketers. We all are. We are all, um, if, if you, especially if, if you're listening to this, to listening to our podcast, you have found value in us talking to you about, about professional things, about being a working person. And if you are a working woman, you trust me, are a marketer because you market yourself. You are your product, right? We talked about the product. You are the product, your skills, your experience, you are the product, right? When we talk about the price, I'm going, I'm looking at the four Ps. When we talk about the price, you know your value, right? When you're looking to get a job or you're negotiating for your, um, negotiating for a raise or looking for what you're, um, uh, look, talking, sitting down with someone and discussing your salary. Micah talked about negotiating a salary. You understand your value. That's your price, right? Part of your pack, part of your product is your packaging. The packaging is the way you dress. We talked about what things, how you communicate um, things about you before you open your mouth. Part of your product is the way that you dress, the way you carry yourself, right? Then you think about promotion. How do you promote yourself? Well, what is, how do, what's on your resume? What does your LinkedIn profile look like? Some people have a website. What's on your website, right? Those are all things that create who you are and you're doing marketing of yourself when you, when you build these things. And let's talk about placement. Where do you live? Where are you willing to work? Are you willing to relocate, right? Some people are willing to, move from this place from New York to, to, to Cincinnati in order to, to, um, to, to take advantage of an opportunity. So your placement, where am I willing to take this product to, you know, to, to accomplish what needs to be done? And your purpose, why do you do what you do? Why do you do what you do? Why are you choosing to do what you do from a um, professional or from a work perspective or career perspective? So we're all, as working women, we're all marketers and these all, all of these things, the product, the price, the placement, the promotion, the purpose, these are all things that we are, we just do and have not realized that we were already marketers, already doing marketing as we've been putting ourselves into the marketplace, selling ourselves to employers, right? Maintaining our, you know, one of the things from a marketing perspective, not everything is new, right? Not every product is new. Part of marketing is new product innovation. But guess what? There are products that have been in the market for a long time. What do you do to keep, how do you keep re-engineering yourself? How do you keep making it interesting? How do you keep making it relevant? It's the same thing with us as professionals, as we market ourselves. You know, we talked about 
courses that we took over the past year. You know, we've talked about things that we've done to learn, increase our um, increase, increase our knowledge base, different things we've done that we've never done before um, in the past like year or so with um, with COVID. So again, you you're, you are marketing yourself as a product, as a working professional day in and day out. You're finding ways to remain relevant. You're finding ways to get for your employer to continue to say, she's doing a great job. You're finding ways for potential employees to say, that's somebody I want on my team, right? You are the product that you're marketing so that someone will want your service, your product. So I just wanted to, you know, to really end with that and say, you know, it's not this strange thing when we think of marketing. We're all marketers. You know, if you're, if you're a professional, if you're working, a working woman, you're a marketer because you had to have marketed yourself to be where you are right now working. You have to, you know, you have to. So I, I didn't want it to be this vague, you know, this vague thing that seems like it's not attainable. Or you're already doing it. <laughs> you're already doing it. So if it's a career that you're interested in pursuing, I'd say go for it. Um, it is a ton of fun. It's very diverse. You get the opportunity to do so many different things. When I say diverse, I mean it in that way. You get the opportunity to do so many different things um, in, in the discipline. And you do, you know, it, it, it is, to me, it's been very, um, very gratifying, a gratifying career. So. And I would Hopefully. say, even if you weren't interested in as a, as a career, I think you should take marketing courses, um, e either when you're in school or grad school, or even as a professional, um, you can always learn something um, to help you with whatever you're doing. Because like Arnisha said, there's marketing in just about all of our lives that we're unconsciously either doing for ourselves or someone is doing towards us or, you know, so, um, and the other piece that you didn't really talk about and oftentimes they separate it as communications, right? Yes. It's marketing and communications, but it communications really to me is part of marketing. And I think that's one of the things that me as a marketer has improved my ability to communicate. And that training has helped me, whether it be verbal communication or written communication. That's something that's really emphasized. It's like the numbers, right? You have to be a good communicator, just like you have to be really good with numbers and marketing. And those two really have to go hand in hand if you want to be successful. But we all have to be good communicators. I don't care what job you're in. So, you know, I think it, it, it's something for people to explore, whether it's a career or not a career, you can always gain something by you know, getting more knowledge around marketing and communications. So yeah, that's that's, that's that's a great point. Um, when and and Micah, you know, correct me, but what communications has been used a few different ways depending on the company that I'm working for. So in some companies, communications is PR. So I mentioned earlier a way to a promotion. You do advertising. You do promotion. You do um, PR. So some companies, communications is um, promotion. In other companies, uh, communications literally could be the way it's, it's your messaging, right? It's your messaging about your brand, right? So you, you create a communications plan. So you would develop a content strategy for the different touch points. So whether it's eBlad, your email database, whether it's your blog, um, whether it's what you're putting on your website that month, which you're highlighting, um, which is all your owned media, right? So you sometimes it could also include what you're advertising, like what message am I putting in my advertising? So depending on the company, and you need to understand, you know, in the company, what does it mean in that company? I'm working in a company now where communications means PR. 
In my past, I've worked in companies where communications was about messaging. So it, it, it does vary. It really, really does vary. But they all fall under marketing. You know, they, they all fall under marketing. So, you know, just kind of brings us back to how broad a discipline it, it really, it really is. Although now I feel with social and digital, social media and digital media, I don't know how you can separate communications at, um, it, to me, it's all under the same, PR is, is all part of that as well. So, um, and I guess it really depends on if you have a head of marketing and a head of communications, or you had, or you have a head of marketing and communications. Sometimes that can be the delineation of how it's looked at too. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I if you're a communications person, you want to make sure the your the it's valued in that organization. Just like if you're in a marketing role, you want to make sure marketing is valued, um, and oftentimes the budget will tell you that. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it, I, I, when, I, when I think of communications from a PR perspective, there's so many vehicles right now. You talked about, so it, it's, not, it's not just, um, it's internal, but it's also external. Like, what, what, are you, what are you saying to your influencers? What are you saying to the press? What do you want people to know about what you're doing, right? So that absolutely, you communicate that socially, right? You absolutely do, because influencers are all over social channels. Um, and you communicate that in your, in other ways, your contacts, your broadcast contacts, your, um, your, your print contacts, your, um, forget it, I mean, digital, we know that all of these sites um, out here, all of the editors, you communicate with them to get them to cover, you know, to cover your product or service. So, yeah, it, 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 I think of it less in terms of um, the vehicle that's being used, right, to, to get the information out there, and more of your, what, what your objective is, right? From, from that person, it's, it's more what your objective is. Like PR is all about reaching that influencer about your brand, as, as opposed to an ad is gonna be driven to that consumer most of the time, right? It's gonna be driven to that consumer. Um, PR is about who's going to influence what my consumer says and does, understands, like who's influencing that, that's who I wanna send that message to. Right, and that, that could be in a bunch of different vehicles. To me, that's, that's the way I kind of see it. Got it, yeah. No, I mean, I, and it also this depends on the organization and the leadership. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, any other questions, Dames? Anything else you wanna comment on? No, I thought that was great. I learned a lot from this and it almost made me wanna I like your advice about taking a marketing course. And I think when Molly, you were talking about how marketing helps, um, how marketing works in nonprofits, I, and I, you know, I'm sort of hoping to stay in the nonprofit um, sphere or at least like environmental stuff. Um, I can see how having a marketing mindset would really be helpful in trying to get a message across to people that you want to support your cause. So um, I think that was really cool. Thank you to, to everybody. Yeah, I think another part of it too is the, um, which I think is important. We'll have another truth about episode on nonprofits. And so we might touch on this there, but another really critical part of marketing that I've seen from nonprofits is um, the importance of brand marketing. 
um, of like really understanding, like thinking of a, of a nonprofit and the organization as a brand as well. And like what that means and how that really like the values, the story, you know, all of the different pieces that come together as part of that brand and what that can do for nonprofits, I think is a, um, I don't have any numbers to say if it's most nonprofits do this, not many nonprofits do it, but the nonprofits that I've experienced with is it's always been kind of this, this um, work in progress to continue trying to figure out and embrace this idea of brand, um, which feels very, um, doesn't feel like a traditional nonprofit kind of framing, but it's so important. So that's what also what I kind of take from, from my, my short experience in brand marketing to work in, in nonprofits generally as well. And kind of like bringing that mindset of, of knowing your audience, knowing your purpose, knowing all the things that you're trying to, trying to get across, wrapping that all up. All right. Well, good. Well, we hope that this was a, a, a beneficial episode. Um, if you have any questions, just shoot us an email. You know, you, go, you know how to reach us and we'll do our best to, to answer them. Um, but thank you. Thank you so much for listening in and learning more about the truth about marketing. Bye-bye. If you have any questions, email us at dametalk4 at gmail.com. That's Dame Talk and the number four at Gmail. To learn more about us and these topics, check out our website at dametalkpodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks for listening. This is Dame Talk. We don't know everything, but we know enough.